0: Hi, I'm Denise Bailey. And I'm Dr. Monica
1: Parker. And you're listening to My Parents Are Now My Kids, a medical doctor's view and daughter's journey through memory loss and other dementias.
0: As a doctor, I'll help you navigate through the often confusing, confounding, and frequently frustrating technical aspects of dementia.
1: And as a daughter, I'll share with you some things I've experienced caring for and loving my parents who both struggled with these disorders.
0: We want you to have hope and to see that there is light at
1: the end of the tunnel. And we'll tell you that sometimes that light is coming straight at you and you just have to get out of the way. Let's get started. We have a great show for you today. This is part one of a two-part series. Dr. Monica Parker has a conversation with Victoria Archibald. Ms. Archibald is a certified senior advisor with a company called Care Patrol. Care Patrol has offices throughout the United States that provide senior living options for families based upon care needs.
0: Our special guest today is Ms. Archibald from Care Patrol. Ms. Archibald, welcome.
2: Thank you, Dr. Parker. It's very nice to be here with you.
0: Um. One of the things that Ms. Archibald is gonna to talk to us about is caregiving options or care options for senior adults. Ms. Archibald, would you tell us what Care Patrol is?
2: I'd love to. So Care Patrol is a senior placement agency. We assist families with finding assisted living, memory care, personal care homes, independent living, and private duty in-home care. We are unique in that we work very hand-in-hand with the families. Uh, We tour families to the recommended communities. Uh, We review any communities that we recommend. We review their state uh, care violation history. And we are a no-cost service to our clients, to the families that we work with. We are a uh, company that has about 150 offices nationwide. So we have a pretty large footprint across the the country, which is helpful because as you know a lot of uh, adult children live here in the Atlanta area and they're moving parents in from different parts of the country. And we can start out on one end and finish up on this end if that is required.
0: Okay. So before I get into uh, the different kinds of housing options and services that you provide, how can you provide these services free of charge? I mean, if I need, I'm, I'm in a doctor. And so I'm really good at calling social workers when people are in the hospital or professional care managers in the outpatient setting. How are you different from that? Mm -hmm.
2: So we we are a no-cost service to your patients and to the families, but we are not a non-for-profit organization. We are a business for-profit company. We are paid by the vast network of providers that we work with. So for instance, uh, I have probably close to 200 providers that I am contracted with. And when I make a referral... Uh, to one of those providers. And if my my rec- my referral uh, uses that provider's service or moves into that community, they pay me what's called a referral fee. Uh, much like a realtor gets paid a commission when they sell um, someone's home. Yes. Okay.
0: So now that we've gotten that part out of the way, because a lot of our families want to know how this helps them and how they can afford it or how they can manage it. Um, On that score, what are some of the services? You talked a lot about assisted living. And as a clinician, assisted living is not a nursing home, nor is it a personal care home, but it is a place where the cost of care is something that's an out-of-pocket expense, which means the individual has to pay for it are there special options or assisted living options or memory care options for people with low income? And the reason I mention that is because a lot of our patients, um, if they're dual eligible, they receive both Medicare and Medicaid, they don't necessarily have disposable funds to pay for a traditional assisted living. So in
2: Georgia, the state of Georgia actually issues two types of licensures. They, off, they they issue what's called an assisted living license. We often use the term assisted living kind of as a generic term, much like we say, when we want a soft drink, we say, I want a Coke. Um, there's also another license called a personal care home license. So so it, it doesn't necessarily mean that the bu- the building is a larger building or a smaller building. It just has to do with licensure. So, so sometimes we will refer to uh, personal care homes, and automatically, people think, "Oh, these are someone's. This is someone's private home." Um, it, it's it's it is it can be a residential home that is licensed by the state of Georgia to provide care for uh, seniors or or disabled, uh, but it is still licensed. Okay, I mean that's the only kind we we work with. There are homes out there that are unlicensed, but that is not something we would get involved with. Um, The residential homes, many of them not only receive private pay residents, individuals who are paying out of pocket, but some of those homes also are certified with Medicaid. And under the Medicaid system, there is something called a waiver. There are three programs under that waiver um, uh, category. There is something called CCSP, and please don't ask me what it stands for.
0: There's Community a CCSP. Community Care Services Program. CCSP is Community Care Services Program. Thank you, Dr. Parker. <laughs> there is a SOURCE, and there is
2: Money Follows the Person. For someone who's very low income, who's already on Medicaid for their medical services, they could qualify for the waiver, which would which would allow them to move into one of these smaller residential personal care homes and receive care with their activities of daily living. And the way that waiver works is they, the Medicaid looks at the individual's income And if it's sufficiently low for them to qualify, they would then cost share or subsidize their income to to allow them to move into one of these care homes. So for instance, let's say the care home is $1,800 a month for that person to live there and receive care. And the person only gets $900. Well, if they qualify for the waiver, then the waiver then basically makes up the difference in what the income is and the cost of being in that care home.
0: So on that note, let me stop you right there. So if my, I'm gonna say my uncle gets a social security check, that's $900 a month. That $900 a month then goes directly to the personal care home. It doesn't go into a bank account for this resident or they manage their funds the way they were. Once they move into this facility, their funds are managed by somebody else, correct?
2: No, ma'am. Um, their funds are still gonna go to that person, to that individual They will be deposited in their account. It will be the responsibility of the individual or their family member to, t- to take whatever portion of their funds, their social security uh, income and pay whatever amount they have agreed to pay to that personal care home. And then the personal care home bills Medicaid under the waiver program for the difference. So it, so unlike a nursing, now in a skilled nursing facility, it's different. In a skilled nursing facility, if you're there under long-term care and Medicaid is paying for you to be in a nursing home, then yes, Social Security is going to send your check to that skilled nursing facility. The skilled nursing facility will give you back a, a, an allotment of maybe $65 a month but the check goes to the nursing home. It does not go to the individual. That's the difference.
0: Okay, so Ms. Archibald, thank you for that definition because honestly as a medical provider, I never understood it. So if you are Medicaid eligible, if you're a person who receives Medicaid in the state of Georgia, there are waiver programs. And you gave us three waiver programs, CCSP or Community Care Services Program, the source program and then the money follows the person program and in that program in those programs people's funds to be in these special residential accommodations are subsidized by the state correct
2: that is correct and and let me also add that they don't have to be in a residential care home in order to receive those programs those waivers they, some of those waivers will cover the cost of in-home care. So let's say someone, maybe it's a, a husband and wife, and the husband is disabled, and the wife is the caregiver, and she really needs some additional support to care for her husband. If their income is sufficiently low that they re- would qualify for the waiver, some of those monies, and, and I, I can't remember if it's on the source or if it's on the CCSP or money follows the person, but but. In-home care can also be part of what that waiver covers. There there is also money that can cover, I believe it may be money follows the person where a a full-time caregiver can receive compensation under one of those programs. If the person is living at home and let's say it's a family member that's caring for that person one of those waiver programs can uh, compensate that person for for being for providing care to that to that
0: to that person to that patient. That's thank you for that explanation because I get that a lot. And I've never understood how to make that work. Money follows, I'm. I I really want to look up "money follows the person" now, so that I can be a little bit more informed when I speak to patients, um, and their families. Simply because a lot of family caregivers are staying at home caring for their relative. Now, that being said, we've talked about Medicaid, but. How does that work if you're a service-connected veteran? Is that a different program? Are you aware of those benefits? Absolutely. I I received a referral this morning from the VA hospital.
2: So, if you are a service-connected veteran, the government says you can't double dip. You can't be receiving um, a service-connected pension from the VA and receiving. Medicaid money, because the way the government looks at it is, even though it's two different programs, it all comes out of the same pot. So if you're a service-connected veteran, uh, the likelihood is that you will not be able to to then also qualify for Medicaid. But if you're a service-connected veteran, you can get your medical care from the VA. So your doctor appointments, all your uh, specialized uh, doctor visits, uh, v- uh, vision care, dental care, all of that, if, you, if you're connected, if you're living in a city that has a Veterans Administration hospital or, or healthcare clinic, you're likely to be able to receive those services directly from the VA.
1: We pause our discussion, and on our next episode, Miss Archibald talks about the services she provides and the impact on families. For more information on how you can access their services, visit their website, carepatrol.com. That's C-A-R-E-P-A-T-R-O-L.com. And follow us on Twitter, MPMK at MPMK Podcast. And on Instagram and Facebook, my parents are now my kids. See you next time.